Coming up this week on Geek Gamer Weekly, we bring Lloyd Hennison from VGPodcast.com to come in and chat about the PlayStation 4's big unveiling without a console. Also, Joe Falby is back to chime in as well. John Kessler is here. And, oh yeah, something about Linux and, and Android. Oh yeah. All this and much more. Geek Gamer Weekly is next. This is Geek Gamer Weekly, episode 229, recorded on Sunday, February 24, 2013, PS4, and 31 flavors of Android. Geek Gamer Weekly is brought to you by Personas, makers of the Studio Live 1602, which packs superior audio quality, performance, and integrated software, including remote control, into a small, affordable package. For more information, visit personas.com. Hey everybody, welcome again to another edition of Geek Gamer Weekly. This is the Uber HD podcast for geeks and gamers. Yeah, you like that? I changed it. That that was completely on the fly. No script needed. Welcome to episode number 229 of the show. And we're very happy to have you guys watching us at live.geekgamer.tv. Join the chat room. It's always lots of fun to see the arguments before, during, and after the show. (laughs) My name is Chase Nunes, and I'm uh, leading this panel this week. Starting us off first, here he is, folks, from from the beautiful city of Monroe. And he's always just ducky. Here he is, Mr. John Kessler. Hey, John. I don't know how you get Monroe out of <laughs> a, a word that's spelled M-O-N. It's Monroe. Oh, I'm sorry. I always, I, I'm sorry. I mispronounce that all the time. My bad. My bad, John. All those years he spent in Jamaica. I, gu- I guess so. Hey, Mon. Hey, Mon. It's, it's Monroe. How are you feeling, John? Just ducky. Just ducky. Yeah. And you're still, you still got the cough going. Yep. Terrible. Terrible. You Just terrible. Yeah, yeah. Terrible. Terrible. But you're doing good. You're looking good over there. You're you're alone though. No Giancarlo next to you this week. I, yeah, that's all right. No worries. People can actually also, by the way, they can follow you on Twitter. They a lot can. of people don't know this. It's all lies. But you can go over to at vw kenny at vw kenny on Twitter. You really? Yeah, and that's you tweeting. It, it is. Well. Someone that's kind of acting. I, I like would you. know because I I don't know how to type in twit.com or it's twi- Twitter. Twitter. No. Oh, see, I can't even. You can it. go to eveonline.com. Like, oh, yeah. so it's probably your homepage. Yes. All right. Fair enough. Almost. All right. Also joining us this week, we're very happy to have him back. Uh, we missed him last week because Joe was. Uh, where was Joe? Oh, yeah, that's right. He was finishing up doing something called a LAN party for PDX LAN. What was it? Like 20, 21? I don't even remember. Uh, this one was 21. 21, wow. From the yeah. Oregon Bureau of Technology, Gaming Research, and Development. Hey, Joe. Hey. Yeah, we missed you last week, but we did have a uh, a great fill-in with Joe Huckabee. So he filled in. Uh-huh. So we had one Joe for another Joe. So we, we, have, yeah. a, we have a backup. People can great. follow you on Twitter, you, you, but that is really you. That's at Falby, F-A-L-B-E-Y. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I occasionally, infrequently, seldom tweet. Yes. <laughs> <Very good. laughs> oh boy. And 
Now, our special guest this week. We've had him on the show before, but this is the first time he's been back on since we've gone to plat. No, I'm sorry, gone to high definition. Plat. Here he is, folks, Mr. Lloyd Hennison from VGPodcasts.com. Hey, Lloyd, how's it going, man? It is going wonderful. How's everybody else doing on the Geek Gamer Network? We are, well, I'm fine. I can't speak for everybody. John's <laughs> semi-ducky, and Joe is hating every single story. So I'm, I'm not hating every single story. <laughs> are you sure wow. about that? It seems no, like you are. I, I didn't say I hated every single story. I said I have legitimate complaints about every single story. That's what makes the show so good. <laughs> and we can tell that Lloyd uh, is a fan of Jets. Mario. And oh, Mario. Yes. Yeah, I, I have to Mario say that the new Mario Jets poster. logo looks really cool. You like it? I, I, like, I like it. it. I like it. We just we stomped on New Jersey today. The the Devils lost and we won and I'm happy. I'm very happy. So it should be a good show. Yes. I'm have lots of positive energy, unlike <laughs> most of my shows that I do when the Jets lose because we've been horrible this year. Oh. Um, th this will be good. Are you, are you blaming that totally on the fact that the NHL has to play a lot of games uh, during the course of the week because of the shortened season? Like they're playing like, what, three games a week? On average, yeah, yeah, they're playing every second day or something. No, I'm not blaming it on that. I'm blaming it because uh, on the fact that our team sucks. Um, we have <laughs> we, we inherited a horrible team in in just a horrible like main team, a horrible AHL affiliate, a horrible everything from uh, Atlanta. So uh, we got many many years of rebuilding to do. So I'm going to be grumpy for a few years. So. <laughs> Fair enough. Which will be good. <laughs> well, hey, uh, you guys. Uh, I, the show, I oh, guess. It's it's always great having you, uh, and you have one of the best backgrounds Thanks. of all the uh, of all the guests that we have here. Skylanders and Mario. And is that Max. all just the print on a uh, shower curtain? It is. No, exactly. no, no. You're thinking of a different guest. Ah, ah, <laughs> ah. <laughs> nice comeback there, John. Very, very nice. <laughs> well, you guys, we have a we have a great show lined up for you guys. First thing I want to talk about. Before we even move on to any stories related to, to the technology and gaming worlds, is news that relates directly to the network and directly to you guys. Uh, you might have seen the release of information that I put out on Friday, and that is Geek Gamer Network is now partnering with Ustream. So let me switch that up there. There we go. And so what this means to you guys is if you're watching our live shows, at live.geekgamer.tv, the primary stream that you're going to see is Ustream. And the reason why that is so significant is because that you'll be able to watch an ad-free stream. There will not be any ads on that stream. You'll be able to tune your stream to your satisfaction. So if you need to turn it down to 360p because you don't have a high-speed connection or it's starting to have issues, you can dial it back. And will also be featured on the gaming channel as well as on their homepage from time to time. Now, today, when we're recording this live, we are competing with uh, some small thing called the Oscars. So we are, yeah. The what's, <laughs> what's the that? what now? The what? The Oscars. It's some guy named. Uh, actually, it's a uh, Sesame Street. Oscar the Grouch. Oh, yeah, that oh, makes sense. That makes okay. sense. He gives. I think he gives awards to the best films and you know all that uh, all that fun stuff. But but the good news is. They're our primary provider, but you know what? If if you're not a huge fan of them, which I don't know why you wouldn't, because they 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 brought us the uh, the great PlayStation Four announcement, which we'll talk about later. You'll still be able to play director on our channel. You'll be able to switch to Twitch, or switch to uh, Vaughn, 
And if one stream goes down, you'll still have two others to switch from. So you can play director. And at a worst case scenario, if you need to be doing other things and you can't watch us, you could always listen to the audio only stream thanks to Mixler. So we have many different options at our disposal. And I'm very happy to be on board with Ustream because we'll, we'll be talking about Ustream again later on in the show uh, just because of the fact they're trying to position themselves more into gaming, uh, which is really cool to see. So great show lined up. And the first story I want to talk about, kind of gaming-ish related. We'll, we'll leave PlayStation 4 here for later on in the show. Uh, but the first story here it will talk about relates to NVIDIA. And I, I know Joe likes to talk about NVIDIA. Uh, I mean, we're both big fans of NVIDIA. We have NVIDIA video cards. We're, we're trying to remain neutral here, even though we are biased in, in, that, in that regard. <laughs> but uh, the Tegra 4 platform, which we're seeing on tablets now and, and mobile, benchmarks were released. NVIDIA was kind of not wanting to release benchmarks. Are, are you raising your hand over there? Oh, wait, we don't hear you. I, I just wanted to see if that was a live video behind your your web browser, and it was. So that that could be fun for later. I'll I'll save that <laughs> trick for later. <laughs> nice. Uh oh. Uh, so busted. so anyway, what do you mean busted? What are you talking about? Anyway, so Tegra Four benchmarks were released, and they broke so many records. I mean, really off the scale. And, but we're seeing this though on mobile. We're seeing this on tablets we're seeing this on and on these little platforms that is very heavily saturated and joe i'm going to start off with you first what do you think about this announcement from nvidia that's pretty cool um we actually got to see a uh a tegra 4 tablet at pdx land nvidia brought that along with the one of their new project shield devices ah cool and um and so we got to have a a, a close-up look at some of the new stuff coming out from them they didn't bring a Titan card, unfortunately, which hit the news last week too. But yeah, um, but uh, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, it's fast though. Uh, yes, but, it is. But yeah. no, it's a it's a it's a cool cool device. Um, it's you know all pretty much all the tablets running ARM. So what what uh, what Nvidia is really doing is they're tacking on graphical cores to that to the base ARM ARM processor, and uh, doing a really good job of it. I mean, they do have really good performance out of these things. Of course, it's never going to match what you have on your desktop, but it's uh, for a tablet mobile device. You can get a lot of gaming done on these things now. Yeah, but with you know, with as other... long as you can get past Android. But but the thing that I, my question is, you know, with 3ds, Sony's still pushing the Vita. Yeah, obviously, Nvidia's got a lot to try to combat and try to overtake, right? Or what? Well, I, I don't. I don't know. I don't think so. Um. So the the thing about these tablets, right, is they're not first and foremost they're supposed to be a game a, a tablet, not a gaming device. Something like the uh, the um, uh, the the new Project Shield from them that is a gaming device, obviously, but it has some interesting perks to it that you don't get with any other gaming device. Uh, it'll stream. So if, as long as you have a six series card in your in your computer, you can stream your game from your computer directly to the device and actually play it in real time that way. Right. Um, that sort of thing. So they've got some benefits that are going in the Project Shield. I don't think it's ever going to sell as well. I don't think in general it's not going to sell as well as uh, like a 3DS does or that sort of thing just because it's a, it's aiming at a different market. It's a little bit more higher, a little higher scale market that it's going for. And yeah. for the for the tablets in these Tegra 4 devices, remember these are tablets first, gaming devices second. At least that's what they're intended to be. Yeah. So you, you're supposed to be able to do your email, do your web browsing, do shopping, do all that kind of stuff on your tablet. 
And then uh, when you're not doing those things, you can play some games on it. So I, I, if you're buying a tablet as a gaming device primarily, you're probably not making a wise decision. You should look at getting a, a real gaming something, uh, whether it's a computer or a console. But, uh, but you know, if you have a tablet already or if, you, if you're looking at buying a tablet, buying a tablet that'll play some games, why not? It's a great idea. Well, but I want to do, you know, three sessions of Angry Birds at once. <laughs> John, I'm surprised you even know what Angry Birds is. Okay. I've seen it. Have you played it? No. Okay. You have no room to speak, man. <laughs> None. Zero. Come on. You don't have any cred. It was funny. <laughs> now, now, Lloyd, uh, my, my question for you as a, as a fellow gamer uh, to the north of us. Yes. Yes. You, you're, you're big on gaming. You have a 3DS there right in front of you. And that's actually a pick of the week that you have this week. Mm-hmm. But, that's right. uh, but what, what, do you, what do you think? I mean, uh, NVIDIA obviously getting more involved in the mobile and tablet platform. Does Nintendo have something to worry about here? Um, I think Nintendo has lots to worry about um, with the iPhone, with the iPad, with Android devices. I mean, Apple announced what 50 billion apps have been downloaded uh, just recently. Um, they they got a they got a huge a huge upward battle to kind of keep um, selling things. Uh, I mean, the Wii U is not doing so good. Uh, the 3DS is actually doing really good. Didn't start out so well. Um, I think in the future pretty much every form of gaming is going to go to mobile. Um, it probably won't be this coming generation, maybe the generation after, where you'll be hooking up some form of um, device to your television that isn't a standard console. It, it'll just be a multi-platform device like a, an iPad that can do gaming on top of everything else. Right. And and, and just seeing these, these new kind of uh, mobile uh, architecture um, processors, GPUs, it, it just really excites me because I, I look forward I, uh, seeing tablets come out that have multiple cores, but now you're going to have tablets that are coming out that are going to have multiple cores, um, four or eight um, core GPUs. It's just going to make gaming that much better on these devices. You're going to be pushing high definition video without really taxing your main CPU. You're going to be pushing 4K video in the future. Um, it I don't know. It just—it's it, a good thing um, to have these types of developments. Um, I, I really like the work that N- Nvidia is doing. Um, whether their tablet is going to do so well, I—I I, I don't know. Um, they got a, a really hard, uh, hard battle ahead of them. But um, just the fact that they are still pushing the envelope is a, is a really good thing for for me as a gamer. I—I'm just a little worried about battery life. I mean, obviously, this this kind of graphical powerhouse where you're breaking all these benchmarks and you're you're coming up with something that is so graphically beautiful, and having the ability to play you know fluid games and stream gr- fluid HD video. Gee, are you only going to get like two or three hour, hours out of this device? Is it going to yeah. be warm to the touch? You you will. Yeah. <laughs> Until battery technology evolves and they they're able to get the um, the, the chip. Um, uh, um, voltage usage down, um, which is the big problem now, and, and get cooling down. Um, but but that's that's always been the problem with uh, CPUs. Um, yeah. You always have to you have to make them use less watts. You have to make them put out less um, l- less heat. Um, I can't remember what the actual term is for that for the actual heat output of a CPU. Um, and and that happens. Like every year, you get better CPUs. You get better better. Um, better motherboards you get better everything um and it's just a a natural progression and moving forward i mean i i I love my ipad now i have an ipad 3 the ipad 4 is twice as fast 
and that came out six months after my iPad 3 um, shipped. So I know the the iPad 5 and the iPad 6 is going to be great. All the new Galaxy Notes and all the other um, tablets are going to be using these types of um, mobile chips are, are just going to be that much faster. And uh, well, I probably won't ever be pushing 4K video from my iPad. Um, I, I don't know. 10, 1080p um, is 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 nice. <laughs> and playing games at 1080p is pretty damn sweet. So speaking of tablets, you know, Samsung has introduced the Note 8.0. It runs 1.6 gigahertz X, X9, I, I don't even know how you pronounce that, a four-quad processor, a 1280 by 800 display, AS, HSPA Plus 21, Android Jelly Bean, uh, all that fun jazz, and you get a nice little stylus because it is a Note, so you can write on it, of course. Now, Joe... This is obviously Samsung trying to maybe perhaps head off the new next whatever you want to call it iPad generation. How do you what do you think about Samsung's latest offering? Well, I, I think they're they're trying to come in. Um, I, really, it's coming into the to the iPad Minis market, which is due for a refresh sometime in the next four to six months, I would say. But uh, but it's. I don't know. I, I I'm not familiar enough with their device. Uh, um, Suncast in the uh, in the chat room said, "I don't know understand why anyone buy anything other than a Nexus or an iPad." At this point, he, he's partially right. Um, I have a Nexus Seven that I'm pretty happy with. I made the mistake of buying a 10-inch Android tablet, and it was terrible. Um, and then I have my iPad Three, which I'm really really happy with. So I I don't I don't know. This is just yet another yet another Android tablet. Yet another one, at least in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. You no, know, I. I mean, it's it's, it's true. It's running. Is is four one two the current version of Android, or is that a, a a decimal point behind? I, it might be. I, it's always confusing. I no it's, it's confusing to. Uh, yes. I mean, that's part of the problem, right? I mean, you have all these different tablets, Android tablets. We'll talk about, and they all run. Seems to run different versions of Android: jelly bean, ice right. cream sandwich, gingerbread, uh, all these smorgasbord of buffet flavors of food. Right, well, different different desserts, right? Everything's yeah. supposed to be based off desserts. So, yeah, thirty-one flavors. Um, thirty. <laughs> yeah, this is my uh, thirty-one flavors of Android. Yeah, I mean, my... but but that's that's one of my my complaints that I've talked about on the show in the past is whenever somebody releases a device for Android, they always release it for whatever the current is, or maybe just barely behind the current version of Android. Like four point two, I, I believe, is out and available now, at least to um, to manufacturers. Four four one two is a is a, a tenth of a version right i guess i don't know point one version behind so i don't know um and the worst well, thing well, I, I just don't it, it's just the the whole saturation the the overly diverse android tablet market and, and android phone market is part of what really annoys me about the whole platform it's just really hard to figure out which if you're in the market for one what you want to be buying that's that's why i i like suncast response of why don't you just buy a nexus that's yeah, that's the official Google Android tablet, and it runs vanilla Android, and it will always run that, and you won't have to deal with some goofy UI set on top of it. You're getting um, a pure but, experience, and that's why I, I've been right. leaning towards a Nexus Four for a mobile yeah. phone if I want an Android experience on the phone. It's a, yeah. it's the and, same concept. And I, I think that's the only thing that, in the long run, will make me think the Android mark, the Android industry, the the Android platform has a future, is if more more developers or more more handset makers and, and pad makers start taking that 
you know, as what they should be doing. Instead of throwing some UI on top of it that they think is the world's greatest thing ever and making it a completely different experience for some people, they really need to go back and do the base Android. Or they need to work with Google or, or companies need to work with Google to improve the Android interface to make it what they think is the best interface ever. But um, I don't know. For this, most of these tablet, these, these tablet announcements, even though they're from, you know, some big company like Samsung or, or Asus or whoever, most of them are just ho-hums to me. Uh, the chipset announcement is kind of cool because it does mean a lot more processor power and, and graphics power in them. But the actual device annou announcements, it's like, all right, another week, another tablet. Right. Yep. You know? That's true. Now, last week also, Google did announce their newest hardware creation, and that is the Chromebook Pixel. And, you know, at, at Surface, when you heard about this announcement, you're like, oh, okay, this is going to be another Chromebook. This is going to be another, you know, cheap, inexpensive laptop that you'll be able to pick up and run, uh, you know, the Google, o, uh, I'm sorry, the um, Chrome, Chrome OS. OS. Yeah. Chromium or whatever. Chromium. Uh, and you, you scroll down, you read about it. Okay, this is great. You're, you know, partners, blah, blah, blah. And they talk about, oh, this is great. They talk about the pixel density. It's going to have a, a beautiful screen, 239 pixels per inch. It's going to be the highest density. It's going to be a retina-type display, if you will. And you start reading, okay, this is great. It's got a backlit keyboard, 720p webcam for video. Okay, okay, this is good. And Oh, it's going to have LTE. That's great. And you'll be able to store in the cloud. And you keep scrolling and scrolling. And then I stop. You come to a hard stop. The Wi-Fi version, thirteen hundred bucks in the U.S. One million, oh. and the LTE version will be fourteen forty-nine. And you can try it out at Best Buy or Curry's if you're in the U.K. So, when I saw this, I was thinking to myself, Why would I buy this when I could spend the same amount of money if I was in the market for a laptop like this? Why wouldn't I buy an Apple machine? Why why would why would I buy this? I mean, Joe, you, you have a MacBook, a Pro, yeah. right? Um, I don't think you have the Retina, right? You just have the standard. No, it's it's uh actually my MacBook's uh almost 3 years old now. It's oh, pretty wow. old now. Okay. Um so when but, you see uh, this announcement from Google and, and you start scratching your head and you're like, "Why?" right? I mean, right. Yeah, I mean, so it it comes in at, at I mean, the only thing they have sent, they have really going for them is this this high pixel density, and for a hundred dollars more, you can get the you can get the thirteen inch MacBook Pro with Retina display. Exactly, and uh, you gain um, a lot more usability. Chrome is Chrome OS or Chromium is okay, but it's only really any good if you're actually attached to the internet. Otherwise, you lose a lot of functionality. Can't run Photoshop. Um, can't run. <laughs> yeah, you, you run. You run flex. You lose a lot of flexibility. You can't run a lot of apps that are out there for other platforms. Oh no, you can still run Angry Birds, and you can still run all the stuff that's on the Play Store. But um, yeah. honestly, if you're buying a laptop for this much money, you're buying it so you can get some work done. Yeah. And if you want, if you're buying, uh, people who who want super high res displays are typically in photo or web work or, or photo or video work. They're not just typing up spreadsheets. Um, or you know, doing Word documents or that sort of thing. Right. So, I don't. I'm. I'm with you. I don't understand why Chrome was a Chrome laptops were attractive because they were three or four hundred bucks. They're and they cheap. Would get the job done. Yeah. And and that was all they were good for was just simple web access, a little bit of document work, that sort of thing. To try to push out a laptop that's thirteen hundred bucks that basically doesn't have any additional features, I don't get it. 
I, I, I don't get it either. I mean, Lloyd, maybe, yep. maybe, maybe you can help me here. Help me convince me why. Say you're Google to try to take the yeah. Google argument yeah. here. Why would I want to spend thirteen hundred dollars or fifteen hundred dollars if I'm stupid enough? to buy an LTE version when I could just have a mobile hotspot, if you will. But why, tell me, tell me, say you're Google. Play, play Google. Google's part here. Okay. Why would I, why would I buy this? What's, what's the point? It looks nice. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. not I, I, I know I have a lot of uh, listeners because I do Touch of Gaming, which is an iOS uh, focus show. And I get a lot of email from people that are just laughing at, at Apple every time they re- release a new product. They, they say it's so expensive, it's so expensive, haha, Apple fanboys, blah, blah, blah. And then they come out with this thing. And I haven't received any email from these people that are, that are hating <laughs> me for liking <laughs> Apple products. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it, it, it's a MacBook Air that is fatter more expensive and it has a touch screen and but it can't play anything yeah it's 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 a web browser essentially and you're I supposed mean, to play google you're supposed to convince me oh, so, that sorry, i'm supposed I thought, to buy I this to google um right. my, yeah. my my fault there i'm, yeah, I'm sorry that's okay <laughs> i i don't i don't understand why this product exists other than yeah. the rumors of of google opening up um, retail stores. Maybe they ah, want they, their flagship product. They want their shiny metal. Hey, look how bright and I think, and I think you got it. Corners are. I think on. you got it because the 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 thing here is they're going to be opening up Google stores, and we didn't talk about this last week, but this was a story uh, that got pushed on the back burner. But you know they're going to be opening up their stores. They're going to kind of look like Apple stores in a way. And I think Google needs to have high end products. Right. We already have. The Google Glasses, and we're getting more and more information about that. And now we need a high-end Google laptop. But the thing is, why would anybody buy this high-end Google laptop when it's severely limited on what you can do with it? it well, they, then they need to release a high-end laptop OS. Yeah. Right? I mean, something compatible, something that will run more than Chrome. Yeah. Yeah, you, you get yeah. all the Apple haters that are saying, "Look how look how limited the Apple ecosystem is. You can't run this. You can't run that. You need signed apps." Blah blah blah. And then there's a fourteen hundred dollar uh, like glorified web browser machine. Essentially, I mean, it, it can play Google Play apps and stuff like that, but it, it's even more limited than than what uh, like a, a MacBook Air would be. And it just this product doesn't exist in any world that Google's ever been in. It's it's like they went to Bizarro World Google and said, "Yeah, we can release like expensive products too, and people will still love us." And I guess time will tell. But um, that that price point is kind of an Apple price point, uh, for better or worse. Um, but I would I I'd be more than willing willing to pay that kind of Apple price point for a device if there was just more to it. Exactly. I mean, hardware specs are pretty impressive. I'll give it that, okay? I'll, I'll give it the nice, beautiful screen and the backlit keyboard, and it's very pretty. But under the hood, as far as, you know, the I guess the software and the app selections and making me pretty much do everything up on the cloud for a almost $1,500 device if I get the LTE version, there's... It just doesn't. It doesn't equate to me. Yep. And my my worry is we're going to get questions from people. You know, uh, parents, friends, family are like, "Wow, this is a beautiful laptop. What do you think about it, Chase? Or what do you think about it, Joe? What what should we get? What should I get it?" And it's going to be like, "Dude, dude, 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 no, 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 stop, stop." Yeah, I, I mean, they're they're not providing a whole lot of information yeah. about this on the website. They're talking about how great it is, and 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 I love one of the statements they have about this is. Uh, 
because it works with uh, with Google Drive. Uh, Chromebook is included for, or Chromebook is for people who live in the cloud. One terabyte of Google Drive cloud storage is included. Ooh. But there's <laughs> it doesn't make any mention of any storage on the actual device. It just says a solid state flash memory architecture. The Pixel performs remarkably fast. So I mean we don't know. We don't we don't know what uh, other than being an i5 of which there are what. 15 different versions. We don't know the processor it has. Yeah. We have no idea how much onboard storage it has. Yeah. Uh, I could see this as being feasible. If they put like a 512 gig uh, onboard flash and they make it so you could install another OS, Windows, Ubuntu, anything other than Chromium, uh, mm -hmm. I could see this being an attractive laptop, especially if it has the longevity of a typical Apple laptop. Maybe maybe they're actually going to upset, upset Apple for making the best Windows laptop on the market right now. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> But we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah. And and it, it but as it is right now, as they've announced it as a straight Chrome laptop, it is a complete waste. Complete waste of time. Money, energy, and resources. For yeah. shame. Our final uh, technology story this week, and uh, since Joe's back on the show, it has to be Apple related. Yeah, it really should be. It should be. Apple uh filed another patent and it points directly to their iWatch concept. Now, there was a little bit of, uh, I don't know if you would call it anger when Apple decided to change their iPad, uh, iPod Nano, and they got away from this concept where you could wear it on your wrist, and it was a, it was a little bit more rectangular, and you could definitely not put that on your wrist. Uh, but a patent application that was discovered by an Apple insider on Thursday revealed that Apple is investigating a wearable accessory that will not only boast a full-length flexible touchscreen display, but it will conform to the user's body through a slap bracelet. Remember those slap bracelets from uh, from high school or, I'm sorry, elementary school? I, from, I just bought some for my kids. Elementary? I was going to say, we we uh, got a bunch to give out at the school. land. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> They're still nice. going strong. Yeah, yeah. Oh, what my. I think is funny is, have you ever taken one, taken one apart, taken the sticker off? No. They're used tape measures. Really? Yeah, the inside of it is actually the the inside of a or the 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 tape part of a tape measure. Yeah. Wow. Usually. Very cool. Anyway, it's kind of a cool recycle. So so uh, yeah. So Joe, you're the you're our Apple dude. You're you, you're a stockholder. You, you obviously you want to see anything make money for Apple, but but how would you feel if something like this came out and you have this pebble sitting on your wrist and it's gonna be all black well, and white? I you know we talked we've talked about this before. It's Everyone at this point is expecting Apple to come out with some sort of an iWatch-type device. It's just a question of what it, what form factor it's going to take. This sort of patent is long-term, seems like a really cool idea. Short-term, almost impossible to, to actually do. Uh, flexible LCDs or, or OLEDs are, are still a little on the iffy side in terms of availability and, and how well they work, that sort of thing. But... An, an iWatch is definitely, I think, is definitely on, in the cards for something Apple's going to do. Hopefully, this year, if not, if not this year, then certainly next year. Yeah. So, so it doesn't surprise me at all. Now, when it's available, will I buy one? Probably. <laughs> I like watch. I, I mean, I'm I'm just going to be straight up about that. Yeah. I like watches. Yeah. If it links with my iPhone or my uh, iPad and and you know allow, enables really nice communication between the two, which is what it should do. Um, then yeah, I see no reason why I wouldn't want to pick one up. The question's going to be cost. It's it's going to come down to, if they release a watch that they say this is amazing. It's the end all be all watch, and it's only seven hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> I'm gonna say 
I'll stick with the pebble for a little longer. Um, but, uh, but yeah, if they bring out a watch that's in the, I would, I would say $200 range, it's certainly something that'll get competitive on the market. And, uh, anybody who has an iPhone who likes the idea of a pebble, but maybe doesn't like the, um, the early adopter type of attitude with the pebble and the, and the meta watch, this is the sort of, the sort of thing they're going to be. Uh, I mean, this, this could, I know that metal watch and pebble have sort of jumpstarted the, the, the smartwatch market as it is right now, especially pebble, but this could really do it and push it out mainstream. Cause right now the only people who are buying pebbles are people who are in the know already on the internet, spending a lot of time there. This is the sort of thing that True. you don't think about it. Yeah. Your, your family could pick up somebody who doesn't know anything about computers could pick one of these things up, hook it to their iPhone and make it work. And that was what Apple did with the smartphone. They made it accessible to everyone. They could do the same thing with the iWatch if they do a good job with well, it. Well, they're already in the the Apple store. The, you know, they want to uh, pick up some extra devices. They got their Apple Care. They got these uh, suites. Oh yeah, and I'm gonna go and spend a couple extra hundred bucks, and I'll pick up the iWatch. You know, and it'll it'll work yeah. perfectly. I mean, Kessler. Yeah. And I was gonna ask you. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you're an older gentleman, mm-hmm. not to date you, but you're from the watch I generation. Okay. Would something like this, a high-tech watch, would that interest you at all? No. Nope. <laughs> Why not? Because I don't wear watches. He'd, he'd get it. He'd get it stuck on the uh, fender well of a uh, Volkswagen he was working on. Yeah, I'm, I, I don't. <laughs> I'm not in a watch-friendly environment. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Never have been. I'm going back into a watch-friendly environment. You know who we should we should ask about this? We should get Kyle back on the show and see what he thinks. Oh, yes. Well, I'm, I, I've been actually bugging he, Kyle to get his camera set back up. Yeah, because he, he worked for a watch company for, uh, what, a couple of years. Yeah, yeah, sure So, did. I mean, granted, they made they made some pretty high-end dive watches, that sort of thing. They didn't make smartwatches because nobody made smartwatches at the time. But um, it'd be interesting to get his opinion of something like this. Now, Lloyd, uh, were you a uh, ePebble watch uh, backer? Yeah, yeah, I, I backed it for one, and then my wife said she wanted one as well, so okay. I backed it for two. So Ooh. I have two kind of shipping sometime in uh-huh. the next year or four. Um, hopefully, <laughs> off my wrist. Yeah. How do you how do you feel about uh, Apple's patent application? Um, I mean, do you really want to slap? wrist wearing bracelet thingy i i That's don't three hundred dollars um I, I don't get it um i i love the fact um that apple is working on a, a watch prototype um whether it's in this form factor or just a standard watch form factor um when i was watching the pebble um videos I saw it and I'm like, that's exactly what I want. I want to have my phone put away. I want to get a buzz, look at my wrist, see that I have a phone call, see that I have a text message. That's really all that I want this thing to do. It doesn't have, it doesn't need to play Angry Birds. It doesn't need to um, start my car. It doesn't have to have any sort of other support than that. Um, if Apple comes up with a device like that that ties directly to my iPhone or my iPad, um, I'd be first one um, lined up to buy one. Um, as long as it's better than my Pebble, which I've already bought. So um, I, I don't know. I, I Apple patents everything. Um, they patent the air they breathe if, <laughs> if it's feasible. Um, so I, it doesn't surprise me to see this patent. Yeah. Um, but we'll see where it goes from here. I, I really I, I, I want to see what their actual device is um, where there's smoke, there's fire. So they're obviously working on something, um, whether it actually makes the market. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. And knowing Apple, it, it would have to be something of high quality. Mm-hmm. It'd have to be simple and clean and elegant. Can I keep uh, anybody else got any more descriptive words? Uh, John, Joe, uh, descriptive, clean, beautiful, gorgeous, sexy. sexy I, 
I think the the biggest thing Apple can bring to this and bring to the smartwatch market is right now, and I'm I'm going to hold up my Meta Watch. I know nobody can see it, but the screen size is relatively small. It is not that high resolution either. If they could bring a device to market to compete with the existing smartwatches that works uh, faster and uh, or works easier rather for the for the average end user, you don't have to deal with a whole bunch of different you know configurations stuff like that. It links with all of the applications or all the capabilities that are built onto your phone and then is extensible so you can add more stuff to it and um, has a significantly nicer, larger display and still maintains a reasonable battery life. You know, not not like four hours. It has to be, you know, probably three or four days. I think they'll have a product that will really, really do well in that market and and could, you know, as long as the price is right, could sell exceptionally well. So I really would love to see this. I don't know. I, I'm I'm with you there. Um, I'm not sure about the whole size and slap wrist sort of idea, but I really like the idea of having a large screen uh, on on a on a wrist like a large touch screen on a on a watch a smartwatch like that. I think that really is a, a strong and and would be a really powerful thing. Reapers Wraith in our chat room. I think he put it really well. I mean, you needed now an OtterBox for your watch. Because you wouldn't. Nah, work. you just make sure you buy an extended warranty on it. You would, yeah. You need Apple Care Watch. Apple Plus. Care Plus. Yes. Yeah. Triple Plus. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. All right. Hey, let's switch gears. And the second half of the show is going to be dedicated to Sony. So, Sony, if you're watching, this, this one goes out to you. Sorry. So, this was announced on Ustream, uh, the big New York event where we got to see. A controller. A controller. Yes. Well, we'll get to that. We'll get to the controller. But PlayStation 4 has been officially announced, and we got to see a lot of the beautiful games that are going to be made for this <laughs> console. And uh, it is coming, holiday 2013. We didn't get an exact date. We didn't get an exact price. And let me flip over to this other page. We didn't even get to see a console. What the uh, hell does it even look like? We don't even know. Um, actually, if you scroll, uh, I'm, I'm looking here on The Verge. Uh, they have a direct quote from Larry Erb, uh, Major Nelson, on Xbox. And he said, announce a console without actually showing a console? That's one approach. <laughs> um, so, is it alarming? First off, is it alarming that Sony decided to do a console launch announcement and not show a console? not actually show the console. All they did was show games. They did show the new DualShock 4 controller, which we'll talk about here in a minute. But on the lack of console, Lloyd, what do you think? Is this significant? Is this a big deal? Are they trying to set a new path by not showing what it looks like? I mean, hell, even Apple events will show what the hardware looks like when they're all done. So what do you think? I, yeah, I, I, I don't really mind that uh, they didn't show what the device looks like. Um, I'm more concerned with the fact that um, the last week of January, they came out and said, we, we don't we don't care to go first. We want Microsoft to go first. Well, they didn't want to. You're right. They, yeah, yeah. And then mm -hmm. a week later, two weeks later, they announced that they're doing this event on the 20th. And then they had the event on the 20th. It's like what changed between like January 20th or January 21st and February 20th? Um, is is more my concern. Uh, whether they show the device doesn't really matter to me. Um, I, I'm probably going to buy it anyway because I, I do shows on all this stuff. Um, it looks yeah. cool um, in concept. Um, I, I don't really care what the actual device itself looks like, though. Yeah. Joe, what do you think? 
don't know. I, 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 the, I don't know. Yeah. Based on the controller and the, and the sensor bar, I guess is what that is. Uh, I don't know. It, it doesn't seem that super compelling to me. It is sort of interesting that they, in the sensor bar, they sort of have, um, I think they have kind of a connect capability built into that. And they also added the, if you noticed on the front of the controllers, is actually a little little colored uh, light area, which enables the controller to be move sensitive. So, you know, the old, the old uh, PlayStation Move system is now going to be built into each one of the controllers. Yeah. Yeah, the little blue that you see on, on the bottom of the controller there. So it's kind of nice that they're adding features to this. Uh, it's a little surprising they didn't just outright steal Apple or uh, Nintendo. Sorry, I'm just saying steal Apple. Uh, Nintendo and uh, put a screen on the controller. But um, I'm gonna guess they're gonna eventually come up with a way to link like the Vita or something like that to this. So here's that. So uh, I don't know. PS4 I that sensor bar you were talking yeah. about. Yeah, I mean it. They say it combines uh, basically the the PS PS3 Move capability and. Uh, 3D position information to be able to track where people are. So it may not be quite as capable in terms of tracking individual without a controller as the Kinect is, but then realistically, waving your hands in the air has never been a good way to play a game anyway. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, like aimlessly, kind of like Star Wars yeah, um, yeah we, Connect. Anyway, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. but no, uh, as for actually seeing the console and seeing what the console looks like, if if that's, if you're, if you have to see what the console looks like to decide whether or not you're going to buy the console, I mean, you're not buying it for the right reason, right? You should be buying a console based on the content that's going to be available on it. If they have big launch titles, stuff like uh, another um, Final Fantasy game, uh, probably um, another Uncharted, uh, that sort of thing. If they have really, really big, powerful launch titles from them, just like any other console out there, they're going to do really well within it when it, when it comes out. So, so obviously, Blu-ray is not going to be a big seller anymore. But the other the the content that they actually are able to deliver on the device, that's what's going to make or break a device. So that's probably why then that they didn't want to really reveal the console. They didn't maybe wanted to detract the attention of the content and of the games and of the features that the console can provide. Right. Well, we'll have to see. I know that uh, one of the statements that came out afterwards is that every console will ship with a headset, so you'll be able to do voice chat automatically from as soon as you get the device. They're really trying to go after Xbox and Xbox Live uh, with this next generation. They've come a long ways, and I think they're if they do really well, they're going to force Microsoft into the position, well, maybe we can't charge anymore for Xbox Live Gold because you really don't get anything for it other than online play, which you can get for free on the other consoles anyway. So uh, we'll just have to wait and see. It'll be interesting to see. I, I heard a report um, or read a report that Microsoft's going to maybe release or announcing their stuff in April. So we'll see what happens when Microsoft announces the next version of the Xbox. It'll be the Xbox, I don't know, 365 Seven, or something. 720. Well, I was thinking 365 because then it'll match with the, the Office system. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, well, they're just, they're just going to rename all their products to be the equivalent of a year. Right. To be fair, I know you took a little shot there about, you know, obviously PS3 offers multiplayer for free and, you know, the mm -hmm. online thing. However, the multiplayer experience on the Xbox is much. It's 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 have you have you down. done multiplayer on your PS3 in I the last six months? Yes. And it's terrible. Okay, it's it's terrible. Well, it's, it's way better than it was when the PS3 launched. Well, and it's way better than the Xbox was when the Xbox launched. Yeah, but PS3 has so, been out for how many years now, and it's still not up to the same level as the 360? Well, that's true, but Microsoft had a head start when they did the orig original Xbox in terms of online content. P I mean, the PlayStation... PCS2 Sony's been could a game. play online as well. Well, yeah, but, I mean, the, the PS3 has been doing a game of catch-up the entire time, and if they're going to actually catch up 
and exceed past what the Xbox does with this next version, which is a strong possibility, then uh, you know we'll see a, a really, really good competitor. The other thing, too, that I have a problem, a big problem with Microsoft is, you know why Dust 514 isn't coming out for the Xbox? It's not because the platform isn't capable of it. It's because Microsoft won't let any games outside of their little ecosystem. Mm -hmm. So people who are complaining about Apple being a closed market need to take a real hard look at Microsoft and what they're doing with the Xbox because they're going to do that to Windows sometime. And they're making it a closed market. They're going to force you to be into their own thing, just like they are on Xbox. Right. Well, I mean, part of part of the reason why Microsoft makes all the multiplayer go through them. I mean, obviously, for communications, all these other ancillary things. That's besides it's supposed the to point. be. It's supposed to be a user experience improvement, right? But it is. I mean, that's I that's mean, what they say. Well, no, no, no. I mean, that's but that's seriously what they say. But they end up harming the gamers because they're not allowing the flexibility the developers want. The developers can't, you know, no, you I can't release that. a game like Dust 514 because they want to be able to run it on servers that aren't under directly under Microsoft's control, which Microsoft doesn't want, won't allow, and uh, just doesn't doesn't want to deal with it because they aren't going to get a cut of that share then. Right. Go ahead, John. So, I well, mean, it, the whole market comes down to money. I mean, the, everything yeah. does at, at yeah. this point. John, go ahead. Uh, I would say, and it's tr it's an attempt to control on hacking, but I think that they kind of fail on that anyway. Well, it's not just hacking. It's also about user experience because of the fact that for example, I try to play Michael Mana on MLB The Show. It's mm -hmm. a baseball game, and we try to play the show. We have terrible lag issues. We both have good internet connections, so it's not ha a meaning of internet connection, but we try to play baseball. We can't do it. There's terrible lag, terrible control. But when we play Madden on the 360, mm -hmm. and those multiplayer servers are obviously controlled by Microsoft, there's, uh, it's like night and day. It really yeah, is. Yeah, but are are you are you blaming that on Sony or are you blaming it on on the game developer? Well, the the thing is, if maybe it is both, I guess, right? You because the game right, developer is I mean, responsible my, for their own servers on the Sony platform. On the Xbox, it's up to Microsoft. Right. So when EA announces a new Madden title and says, hey, you guys can all play Madden 2013. Oh, and by the way, we're ditching everything to do with Madden 2012, so you won't be able to play that online anymore in about three months. I mean, right? I mean, that's effectively what they're doing with some of their titles, is they're saying, we're going to release this brand new title that you have to buy for 60 bucks if you want to play it online at all, because we're not going to pay Microsoft to keep the servers up for the old one. Well, they do that all across all platforms, not just Xbox, though. They do the they same do, thing to PS3. Well, yeah, they do that for PS3, but at that point, you can clearly blame the developer. You're not blaming Microsoft. You can't blame the the platform for doing that. It's it's the developers that are causing that kind of issue. So, the the argument that it's it's a platform issue, I don't think is true because there are you know like Dust Five Fourteen is a great example. If you play that, it's a it's not an issue. It works really really well because the developer who's making it, the publisher that's pushing it, is doing a really good job supporting the game. If you play a game like Halo, it does really, really well because they're supporting that game. If you do any of the really, really big titles, huge titles that have millions and millions of downloads, um, any of the COD games, that sort of thing, you're going to see a really good experience because those developers are caring. Well, I mean, they're not necessarily caring about you, but they're caring about their bottom line. They want to present a good, a good environment. If you're playing a smaller game or a game that's a couple years old, they're not going to care as much because they're not making residual sales off that anymore. Now, is this a big deal? where Blizzard announced Diablo 3 and it's coming to the PlayStation 3 and the PlayStation 4. Obviously, a lot of gamers think it's a big deal. Um, now, console gamers will get be able to uh, play this beautiful game that I will not buy because of its lack of support, or proper support, I should say, on the PC side of things. 
John, you are a resident Diablo player, or last time I checked, you were. Ancient. Diablo. And you have, uh, you know, you don't have a PlayStation Three or Four yet. You're nope. gonna, you're gonna be first in line to pick one of those up. No. But uh, is this a big deal? Because right now it's not doing well on the PC side of things. Probably because of its shortcomings, but. Mm. Uh, is this non-news for you, John? It's a uh, non-news. It's non-news for you. No, there's only you know, there's only one thing I I would be looking at possibly playing or messing around with on the on a PlayStation, with the Dust Five Fourteen, but you know at the moment as of launch, you know, or when or as soon as it's gonna the the four is gonna have to be out there for a little bit before they get the Five Fourteen ported over to it. Is this too late though? What do you mean? Well, I mean, like, you know, this is a game that came out last year. Diablo Four, 3. Well, Diablo well, 3. Yeah. Did, but... Well, a third of it did. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. That's true. That's but, true. But, you know, I and I guess with the fact that with the architecture that's going to be on 4, it's easier for them to take the you know PC games and port it over. Right. Versus trying to have to make it work on the, uh, the architecture that's in the PlayStation 3. Hmm. Um, and that's what's going to be kind of the little bit of a stall between the, the with Dust 514 is going, you know, bringing it over from the the PlayStation 3 architecture to the PlayStation 4. Cause I was kinda, well, it's it's going to be available on PS3 and PS4, though. Yeah, but, you know, you notice that they're... Um, and actually, while, while you guys were talking about this, I was doing a little bit of poking around to see, you know, there's still... Still talk on the, you know, on the different forums about it. Nothing hard from ccp at the moment other than people said that you know, there were some uh, interviews at e3 where they said yes it would be you know going to playstation 4 once once it came kind of mainstream out there um which you know i'm going well if it's if it's on an x86 platform how easy is it gonna be uh, to bounce you know uh you know games back and forth between the but the four but and it's the, not and the... ps3 use a mo- uses a modified risk platform four PS4 is uh, going to be using, I think it's a modified ARM platform. Yeah, well, x86, I thought. x86. x86 yeah. uh, it's an AMD something or other, isn't it? Well, AMD x86. Yeah. Uh, well, the processor that's going to be in the PS4 is going to be a far cry from, you know, uh, a standard x86 processor in your in your desktop. Yeah. I mean, they always are. True. Very true. Now, one of the things that was announced at the big news conference was that you will not be able to just put your PS3 game in your PS4 and play it. Nope. No more. No more backwards emulation. But they they, they threw out a, a lifeline, if you will. And that lifeline is that you'll be able to stream your old games through a service called or a service that Sony bought a few years ago. I always screw up their name. It's what? Gaikai, right? Correct. Gaikai. Uh, which is kind of like OnLive in a way. You know, you'll be able to stream the games and and play those backward compatibility games. I don't know how they're going to authenticate it. Maybe you put your old disc in and it'll read something on the disc and go, oh, okay, yeah, you own the disc. I don't know how they're going to do this. I really don't know, but they didn't really explain it. They didn't go into detail. Uh, But obviously, it's only as good as the internet connection that you have. And with less than half of the United States alone, and probably a lot more in, in Canada where people who do not have access to high-speed internet, is this is uh, Sony just saying, sorry? Is is that pretty much it? What, what do you think, Lloyd? Yeah, it was it was a little bit 
I don't know, a little bit upsetting. It, it wasn't super surprising since the, it's no longer using um, like a PowerPC architecture uh, on their CPU. You know, any game that was written would have to have some sort of emulator wrapper. Or they'd have to recompile the the, the main executable or whatever. Um, it, I, I don't know, streaming doesn't really excite me so much. Um, I, I know how bad things can get uh, if everybody in your house dis- or everybody in your neighborhood rather decides to turn on Netflix. Um, next thing you know, even though you, you're paying for 100 megabit, megabit internet like I am, um, my, my bandwidth just drops for a while until everything can catch up. Um, so I, I don't know. Um, it, in reality, like I, I think it's a bad thing, but when I went from PlayStation 2 to PlayStation 3, I could probably count the number of times I played a PS2 game on my PlayStation 3 on one hand. Um, I was buying PlayStation 2 copies or PlayStation 1 copies of games I already own just so they would be right there on the system. So I'd just be able to click, click, boom, I'm playing Final Fantasy 7 or whatever. So it's probably not a huge deal, um, but it, it is a step back for Sony, who's always been kind of the cheerleader of, well, look at Microsoft. They can't they're not even backwards compatible. And um, and then they're always being they're always the cheerleaders of backwards compatibility all the way from the PlayStation one to PlayStation two switch. Um, we'll see what Gaikai is. I, I'm more excited of uh, about their announcement that the they're when you play any game on your PlayStation 4, you'll be able to hit essentially a button or whatever and then pick up the game on your PlayStation Vita because they're going to run um, basically a Gaikai server on your PlayStation 4 and then the Vita will be your client. Um, that really excites me. Um, having the Wii U and playing a lot of games on the, the gamepad, the ability to then take the latest game I'm playing. I'm playing Nino Kuni on PlayStation 3. If I could play it on my um, Vita, I would just be super happy. I'd be laying in bed playing that every night before I go to sleep. Um, that's really exciting. So if nothing else, the Gaikai purchase is a win in that regards. Um, I don't know. The the whole not be able to play PlayStation 3 is going to be really annoying for the first little bit once um, I because game developers will release for the PlayStation 3 for a while after release. Um, after about a year or so, that'll kind of go away, though. So it's probably not that huge of an issue. We'll well, see. Wh- why couldn't Sony do what they did when they pushed out the PS3 and they actually had a hardware chip on the board that can emu- uh, that could have played all the backwards compatibility? I mean, do you think it's because of the move to the x86 architecture yeah. that they couldn't kind of meld both in the same on the same die, I guess, or the same motherboard if you will or yeah it's definitely the cost um i I read some reports a while ago and they say that the the biggest cost on the playstation 3 is still the cell chip because it is a custom like eight core power pc uh, cpu that is only made essentially now for for the playstation 3 it was supposed to be used in a lot of different um areas maybe it was for a while um but as it is right now if you're a chip fabricator you're basically making all your cpus for sony and they still cost a a good chunk compared to a comparable um mass-produced x86 uh um chip so uh, it was probably a cost issue because they don't want to release this thing at eight hundred dollars um even though ken kuduragi said you'd be happy to work two jobs to buy your playstation 3 i i think the uh, world's a little bit of a different place now they yeah. can't really say that um it, it would be nice though but who knows who knows what's going to happen I, I i hope gaikai is going to be a workable solution um everything that i've I, I've thought about and used and experienced myself with online streaming is just it, it's too hit and miss. Um, they like they could guarantee stream down. But what about stream up? Um, and if you're if you want to have less than 10 millisecond um, delay from when you hit up on your controller and having the game um, 
reflect that, it's going to be really difficult if you're in an area that has a lot of heavy like cable modem users. Um, it's just going to be too tough, and it'll probably be unusable for a lot of people. Now, you know one thing, Joe, that has gotten me optimistic about the PS4 and their move to the x86, x86 architecture is now games can conceivably be fully developed on the PC and developed very well on the PC, and it'll be a simple click and a port for them to bring it over to the PS4, and we could actually see an improvement on games on the PC platform uh, just because of the fact that it's not going to be hard for them now to make a, a game for multiple different platforms. It's, it'll be Now, obviously, it depends on what... Microsoft's going to do, but it would be safe to say that hopefully Microsoft is still going to continue with their DirectX stuff. If that's the case, do you think, Joe, that we're going to see an improvement when it comes to gaming on the PC? No. No? No. Why? So uh, the issue is the issue is going to come down to the PS4 is not going to run DirectX. It's not going to run Direct3. No, 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 no. But what that I'm would saying... be stupid. But all, almost all modern PC games, all Windows games do. So unless game developers or unless Sony releases whatever 3D, you know, infrastructure they have on the PS4 for standard Windows, that 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 porting process is not really going to be any easier, any faster. But see, all right, so the PS3 will, pro oh, I'm sorry, PS3, PS4, terrible, whatever, uh, yeah. <laughs> will probably run open, I think open they've got OpenGL, and Microsoft will be using DirectX, but the greatest thing about PCs is they can run both. <laughs> so well, what's what's the problem? Well, I how we do we know that it's going to run OpenGL? It wouldn't surprise me if Sony's going to do their own their own graphics wrapper for it in order uh. to in their own mind increase performance and usability of the hardware. Mm. The other thing to remember is just because something both platforms are x86, it doesn't really change anything from the development standpoint. Nobody's writing in code specifically designed for a specific architecture. They are to some degree on a few things, but generally, once they before they hit a compiler, that code will work on multiple platforms. So uh, it's after it's compiled for a specific platform that it that it changes whether or not it'll work there. I mean, one of the biggest so, I was going to say one of the biggest complaints that developers had in making games for the PS3 was because of that cell chip, it made it very difficult to write games for. Sure, games came out for it, uh, but it was it was more difficult to write games to fully take advantage of that console than it did, say, for on the 360. So well, if, if the, the, the 360 also ran a RISC chip. It ran a, a PowerPC derivative. In fact, for a long time, they were shipping uh, PowerMax as development kits to development houses for the Xbox. They switched that later on in, in the process after the PowerMax got turned off, obviously, after that line stopped. But um, for a long time, that I remember seeing leaked photos of that when the Xbox 360 first was announced and came out. It was like, look at my development kit. It's a Mac. Um <laughs> Wow, that sort of thing, and the the same thing would apply to the PS3. The PS3, you know, was a risk based processor. They had to have special development kits that used the same sort of processor architecture for that development work, just for the testing process. The actual right. development work, the actual artwork, putting together models, that sort of thing, the scripting, all that sort of stuff, that can happen anywhere. It's the final stages of the development work, the bug testing, the stuff like that, that you really need a specialized the specialized hardware for. Yeah. So I don't think this is really going to change how porting happens or how porting works. The only thing this is going to do is because they have so much more pow uh, processor power now in these new consoles, we'll be able to see those graphic benefits on the ported uh, PC versions. And we're going to be able to see higher resolution textures, that sort of thing, because the developers won't have to do two versions of it. One for PC that'll do super high res and one for consoles that'll do mediocre. 
And one of the things that we did chat about um, in leading up to the Sony announcement was the possibility that the used game market could go away because of perhaps maybe a change that they might do with authentication or a change that they might do where maybe the games will not be on disc form. They'll put them on a, knowing Sony, a memory stick and, <laughs> and, and make it where it marries that game to that console, what have you. But according to Sony, according to Sony, the PlayStation 4 will not block used games. So we don't know exactly at this point what that fully entails, where you'll still have game makers have this code that will come with the game, then unlock all the features, and if you buy that game used, then you would have to rebuy one of those game passes. A lot of companies are doing this now to combat the used game market. Uh, how does this make you guys feel, Lloyd? I mean, obviously, you know, we all pick up a lot of games, and... Uh, some of them are used, of course, but uh, what do you think about this leaked information? Well, not leaked, but com confirmed information from Sony. I think it's good. I think public, like for the public relation, um, I, I don't know, benefit alone, this is a, a win for Sony. Um, they still haven't said how games are going to be distributed. Are they going to be download only? Are they going to be crazy like that? Like, who, who knows what Sony's going to do? Um, I, I look at um, my 3DS of all consoles right now, or all handhelds, and um, I'm, I'm a big guy that or, or a big collector guy. I, I love to have the 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 boxes on my wall. Like I have my bookshelf right over there uh, with a, a chunk of my games that I'm playing right now. Um, but I've been buying games recently as digital downloads on my um, on my 3ds, and I I kind of love it. I start the download before I go to bed. I wake up, it's there, or I start it just before I go to work, and it's there when I get home. Um, I I do that a lot on my Wii U as well. Um, I I think on my PS4 I'll probably do the same thing um, if the game day one digital downloads are available. Um, so I think. I think as the as time rolls on, I think um, I don't know borrowed copies or uh, used copies are going to be less and less of a of, of a, a worry for these game developers and console developers. Um, but but I do think it's it's right now it's a very important thing. Like I I work with a company that um, that's their business. They sell used games for all consoles, and uh, if they had a new console generation come out that didn't have used games. Um, they would be looking for other business to pick up and do because that basically they would see an endpoint in what and, and how they can actually service the community. Um, so I don't know. I, I think it's good. I, I as I said, for PR only, it, it's it's a huge win for Sony. Um, now the ball is really in Microsoft's court because that um, the rumors were out there for Sony, but um, there was stronger rumors coming out of the Microsoft camp that this is actually going to be something built into the next Xbox, the 720 or whatever the heck it's going to be named. You know, when you have, just like you said, you know, on your, on your handheld there, you uh, you download all these digital copies of the games. Yep. You know, it's one of those situations where it's just like, Sony's just like, yeah, well, we're not going to uh, prevent used games because maybe they see in the future it's not going to make a, a difference anyway. More people are going to start to gravitate towards having digital copies of their games, especially you look at the PC platform and how popular Steam is. And everybody, and Joe, I mean, look at you. Look at your incre incredible library of Steam games. It's it's crazy how many you have, man. Um, but when you when you see this, it's probably not a big deal, right, Joe? I mean, Sony's probably thinking about the digital distribution platform, and people are just going to have a whole library of their games. I mean, it probably just doesn't make a difference, right? 
Yeah, no, I, I prefer games uh, downloaded instead of having to deal with maintaining my copies of them on disc or whatever. It, it just is a lot easier for me. And then at this point, hard drive space is so cheap that who cares? Um, you know, I, I have I have almost 500 games in my Steam library. I have 100 of them installed. It probably takes up, you know, a few thousand gigs. Uh, but, <laughs> but it, you know, but it doesn't much matter because... Uh, uh, you know, be, because I have plenty of space for them. Hard drives are, are cheap right now. You can buy a three terabyte hard drive for a hundred bucks. Now, on on the consoles where the hard drives are, um, are are priced much higher because they want to make you know more money off of that or as much as they can. But uh, it, it's still, I think it's still the same thing. I think that the the digital downloads. We've talked about this in the past. Digital downloads and digital sales for these games. That's going to be the future. That's the direction the consoles would like to go because then Sony and Microsoft both can have direct control over it. They can say, yeah, you can download all these games you want and they'll be attached to your account. And uh, when you use your account to log into your friend's Xbox, sure, you can download the game and play it there as long as you're there. You know, because they're still getting a cut on that money. Right. I, but I also don't think that they'll ever block, as long as you have a disc, I don't think realistically they'll block a, a disc from being used in multiple platforms yeah. or in multiple machines just because the the realities of that make it much, much more difficult for the end user to figure out. Multiplay, that's a different matter. Obviously, they've already blocked it. They don't have a problem with that. So we're never going to see that come back. Yeah, no, they've they've already been able to fight that. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we're never going to see that come back. Yeah, I agree. John Kessler, um, I'm going to give you the final word on the PlayStation 4. I mean, obviously, you're not a huge console guy, but you did pick up a 360 so you can jam out and play some rock band and, mm. and do your occasional video watching of app stuff, I guess. I mean, have you watched any stuff on the, through the 360, or is it just been rock band only? That's uh, Yeah, I probably haven't put the, the disc for rock band in there for in over a year. <laughs> okay. Um Netflix, so, I actually turned it on the, the uh, about last weekend. Oh, okay. The, you know, all right. Or the other weekend when I was sick, sitting at home, I. So you, as a mature gamer, mm. you know your your game on the PC. You play Eve, and you played a little bit of a Dust, and and mm. now you know you're seeing the evolution of this console, and mm-hmm. you're possibly thinking about maybe picking up Dust, perhaps for the PlayStation Four, if you go that route. Well, I'll have to wait until it, well, they get it, it out. Will. It, yeah. it will. Yeah, I mean, it'll it'll be there, but yeah. I'm not going to be sitting in line, at, you know, grabbing the first one off the shelf. Well, the but stores. I was going to ask you, does uh, does a console like this appeal to you? Possibly. And why? Well, you can do dust on it, and uh, <laughs> that's it. Yeah, that's it. No, uh, <laughs> you know, I don't have a Blu-ray player, and I and I and, and okay. we, we talked about this before. I was kind of holding out on picking up a PlayStation Three. Um, you know, I figured, well, I'll just wait until PlayStation 4, and, you, and everybody was saying, well, it's like two, three years out still. And, you know, before, you know, it's, it's, you know, been announced. Right. So, so, yeah, we'll see. Okay. Fair enough. We'll see. Fair enough, Mr. John Kessler. Always words of wisdom. <laughs> what or, was, or, 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 or something like that. Yeah. All right. Fair enough. Okay. Very, very good. All right. Well, there you go. We've we've beat the PlayStation 3 to death. We don't know our PlayStation 4. See? Terrible name. They should have called it like I don't know, the Genesis. I don't I don't know. They should have called it something else. Um, but yes, there you go. All right. It's now time for our picks of the week. Now, these are 
something. It could be anything related to technology, gaming, things that we like here. It could be a website. It really could be anything. Um, and we're going to start off first with our guest of Honor, H-O-N-O-U-R. I think that's how they spell it up there. That is correct. Yes. It's now time for the pick of the week for Mr. Lloyd Hennison. Lloyd, go for it. Awesome. So my pick of the week is a game that I've been obsessing over on my 3DS. I'm, I'm just loading it up right now. Uh -huh. um, it is the latest um, version of the Fire Emblem franchise. Um, it's a great turn-based strategy game, uh, which first came out in Japan, came out um, in North America uh, on many different consoles from the uh, from the Game Boy Advance all the way up to the Wii. And now it's on the 3DS. Um, so Fire Emblem Awakening, as I said, turn-based strategy, but it's a super hardcore turn-based strategy where if uh, you recruit people, so you can recruit uh, a new paladin or a new um, I don't know, fighter of some sort. But if they died, they were gone forever. So in previous Fire Emblems that I played, um, my gameplay basically involved me restarting the same mission uh, 40 or 50 times, throwing controllers, being really angry, pulling out hair, going to bed really angry. Um, they've changed that with this version of Fire Emblem. Um, I'm just uh, getting to the screen right now, where um, they've, in, they've put in something called a a uh, casual mode, which I don't think is an accurate description for what it is, uh, but basically you can turn off that permadeath, which makes gaming um, and, and playing this game so much more enjoyable. So uh, I beat it uh, a few days ago. I've probably put about 30 hours into my main um, gameplay, uh, but the amount of free content that Nintendo is sending out for this, um, they've already thrown out 31 or 32 recruitable people for the game, uh, which you can play and, and you basically have a, a battle to try to recruit this person. And there's downloadable content. Um, there's probably like hundreds of hours of gameplay in this if you want to do everything in the game. Um, I, I, I love it. I'm addicted to it. It's all <laughs> I think about right now. And uh, I, I had to share my love with the, the, the Geek Gamer audience because if you have a, a 3DS or you're thinking of getting one, this has to be right up there on your, um, on your purchase list. It is such an amazing game. It looks like they actually have a hardware bundle as well. So if you're like one of the few people who do not own you, a... Uh, not want to get it. Yeah. Because it, it bundles the old school uh, 3DS, not the new Oh, 3DS. really? Oh, Unless that's you're too bad. UK. If you're in the UK, they bundle the Excel, which is happy and, and good, and everybody is is proud. Oh. Uh, if you're in the US or Canada, they bundle the old, um, the old smaller version of the 3DS, which... Um, I don't know. I, I'm getting older. I like having bigger screens, um, and the XL is just amazing. It's like a whole new console to me. Um, so if, if, if you uh, if you are looking for a 3DS, I definitely recommend getting a 3DS XL and then buying this game. You can pick it up uh, for $35 or $40, depending on where you buy it. It's, uh, it's a huge, um, hugely... Uh, I don't know, well-done game. Uh, it's a huge value. Uh, you can download it digitally if you want. Um, I might have to try this out. This looks really cool. It is It is really good. If you've ever played a Fire Emblem and hated it because it was difficult, they've added in, as I said, that casual mode, which makes it just such an awesome game to play. So I, I don't even want to go back and replay all my old versions of Fire Emblem because I know kind of the anger and, and <laughs> acid that I will be spitting while playing the game, where this one is just like, oh, it's happy. I, my character died. Oh, well, they're waiting for me after the match. Not a big deal. Um, such a fun game. Definitely awesome. pick it up if you have a 3DS. Very cool. Well, there you go. Uh, a great game for the 3DS, and you can digitally download it. So that's a win, right, if you don't want the box or... 
yeah. a collection on your wall. That's fine. It can be on a memory card somewhere. And it's even better for this because this version, this game is actually really hard to find in stores because I guess uh-huh. it's selling way better than Nintendo anticipated. So it's um, it, it's really constrained in a lot of stores. It's probably next to impossible to find it in most GameStops um, if you have one in your area uh, just because they they sell it as soon as they get it. So digital download is just a really convenient way to get it because there is no waiting. There's no walking into a store and leaving sad, which, <laughs> which is a good thing. And you don't have to burn gas money and you can exactly. just do it from the comfort of your own home. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah why get out and breathe air? Who needs it? <laughs> Who needs it? Mm-hmm. I mean, it is patented by Apple. So true. Yeah. You don't want to pay that tax. It's yeah. terrible. The Apple air tax, the I air. All right. Great pick Lloyd. All right, Joe, I saw your pick in, in the, in the, on the, on the notes here. And I want to go to you next because I'm really interested to hear about this. Joe, what is your pick of the week? Well, this is something I'm also super interested in. I haven't tried it yet, but I've read I've read this. I ran across this uh, actually last weekend, and uh, there's a group that have been working on re- basically reverse engineering and recreating the Battlefield Bad Company Two server. <laughs> so, Bad Company Two has basically been abandoned by EA at this point because there aren't there aren't all that many people playing it anymore. There's still a few servers up, but it is one of those games that they would not release the server to. So you only could rent a server. You couldn't ever actually run it on your own network. You couldn't run a LAN server or any, any of that sort of stuff. Right. Well, this group has figured out some of the protocols that they're using and have re- not only released uh, the server portion, but have also released tools to let you do some basic modding work, um, modify how a map is balanced and change vehicles and stuff like that. You can't do a full custom map yet. They are working on that, but that's one. But at least right now, because there's no mapping tools out there, EA did not see fit to release them. Um, you, you can't create your own custom map, but this is huge news. I think this is spectacular. I really want to download, download the server files and get a server set up and just give it a try. But the nice thing about it is any client, any current battlefield bad company Two client can connect to your custom server. All they have to do is download a special DLL and install that into their game. But, uh, I'm super stoked about this. So you, you can get a lot of information there at, um, looks like their an emulator nexus is where they have a bunch of information. There's a couple forum posts about how to set up a server. You do have to sort of acquire the server <laughs> files. Um, they don't provide a link for them because uh, I think those are still somewhat controlled by EA. They, I'm not sure if they are stealing the EA server files uh. that were leaked or something like that, or if they're, they actually generated their own, but EA, they're expecting a cease and desist from EA any second, so they don't want to make the distribution too simple. But uh, if you go to... Um, Standard places, you know, bays that pirates hang out. Apparently, you can get the files really easily and uh, download them, get your server set up, and then play play some land game of Bad Company 2. That's which awesome. I, I think it's just just freaking sweet. Uh, <laughs> you know? sweet. So I'm uh, next land party I'm at, I'm definitely going to try to set one of these things up and see if I can get a few people in and see how well it works because this, this is just... This is why, look, this right here, this is why game developers need to support the modding community. Because if you don't support people who are doing this sort of stuff, they're going to do it anyway. And you're going to miss out on a whole bunch of stuff. Because you got to remember, all these modern games, everything that everybody likes to play now, originally came from somebody doing a mod for it. Yeah, Battlefield, Bad Com- Battlefield 3 would not exist if it wasn't for Desert Combat. Uh, Half-Life and the, the state that Half-Life uh, 3 and or that is potentially going to be in and call it Counter-Strike, those all started with mods. You know, Counter-Strike was a mod for Half-Life 1. Um, Half-Life was arguably a mod for Quake, that sort of thing. So, I mean, this a lot of this stuff, this is where modern games got their start. 
And the fact that these publishers aren't supporting them anymore is a real problem. But hey, if you want to go around that issue, check this site out. There'll be a link in the show notes. Download and set up your own Bad Company 2 server and tell us about it because we'll come and play on it. Awesome, Joe. So I, I'm interested. I, I, I want to yeah. see what people could possibly come up with on this. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, I love that uh, they have yeah. some really cool screenshots on the website of uh, of like a map layout up and showing information about where things are and how they can move them around. They they can change the balance of a map just by manipulating where objects spawn and where vehicles spawn, that sort of thing. So definitely cool, cool stuff. I'm really looking forward to playing with this. I just haven't had a chance yet. Cool. All right, Joe. Awesome pick. Very interesting. And hopefully we'll get more information as it develops on that. Awesome. Mm -hmm. All right, Kessler, John, mm -hmm. what is your pick of the week? I had one, and you guys didn't like it. I did? You, what? What? Yeah. What was that? I never poo-pooed any of your picks. No. Was it Was it one of the two that you posted in IRC? Yeah. That were both really inappropriate? Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that was it. John, you have no pick this week. I have no pick. All right. John Kessler. I didn't find anything. You don't. You don't want to pick something new and exciting like um, Netflix or something. <laughs> yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's new this this thing called Netflix. It's All right. You could, you it's, could it's, have Have you watched the the Netflix TV show that that they did? No. Oh no. my god. Ne you said Netflix TV show. Yeah, the one yeah, that they're yeah. producing. House of Cards. Yeah, House of Cards. Have you it's, did you have you seen it yet? Have no. have you even been on Netflix? Or have you just been playing Eve for the past I don't know month? Just playing Eve. Because because uh, people I I unfortunately have to admit I haven't watched House of Cards yet either. But people are saying that House of Cards in and of itself is a good reason just to buy Netflix for a month to watch it. Hmm. The show is that good. Actually, you you could probably get it within your trial. You know, two week trial. Just bam. You don't. Hey, you you probably you uh you might be able to. I know they made the first episode available for free. I think you have to be a subscriber to get the rest though. Yeah, I haven't. But I haven't. They're watched all available it right now. Yeah, I I so. haven't watched it yet, but uh, I I have full intentions on watching it. Yeah, yeah, it's on my list. So, all right. Well, since John oh. Kessler, yes, John, uh, go ahead. I'll I'll take this moment to say if if anybody wants a guest pass, sit up there, John. Oh, you're all slouching. Yeah, you give me the Holy slouchy smokes. chair. There, is that better? Yeah. All yeah, right. We have video now. Remember, John. Yeah, we do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, John. Okay. Um, if anybody out there wants a guest pass for um, the, the 48 Be careful. hour guest pass, there's a lot of people watching. Go ahead on the mm -hmm. for Crunchyroll. Uh huh. For the uh, anime website, have them tweet you. Yeah, have them tweet me. No, <laughs> just email me at john at geekgamer dot tv. All right. Yeah. Fair enough. So we got like three or four of them all so there's, saved up. So John's pick of the week actually is going to be Crunchyroll Crunchy again. That's yes. okay. Crunchyroll.com, in case you don't know about it, uh, is a is a website that allows you to watch anime as soon as it's mm. basically released in Japan, right? Yeah. So there, there's some yeah there are some simulcasts within like within an hour. Okay. The biggest thing is uh, doing the uh, as far as them doing the release over there, and then uh, so this 48 hour pass will give them free reign on the whole site. Uh, so no, no, no. Oh well. I don't know if it's full site or just the anime. I'd have to double check. Okay, maybe maybe just the anime. But I, you know, I but I think the forty eight might be a, a for the full site. Okay, so my subscription is anime only. And the cool thing is also Crunchyroll has apps available for the Xbox three hundred and sixty, the PS three. They also rolled it out for certain uh, uh, for TVs Android. as well, like uh, Panasonic, also on Android. 
iOS. Uh, so if you're very, very much into anime, this is this is very good for you. Um, and uh, you can uh, email John. That's Kessler, this guy right here, John Kessler. John at geekgamer.tv if you wanted 48. How many of those do you have? I have like three of them. All right, so the first three people email John. And if you're watching live, be look on your email because you're probably going to get them. Yeah. Watch. Ding. Ding. My ding. phone hasn't made any noise yet. Yeah, not yet. No. Well, you have an iPhone? No. Oh, I thought you said the iPhone hasn't said made my, any noise. My phone hasn't. Okay, made I was just making sure. I mean, for a minute there, I thought you actually stepped up in the world in technology. No. So, all right. Stepped off a cliff. Stepped off a cliff. All right. My pick this week. Now, uh, once a year, I uh, I make a pilgrimage uh, to the Professional Amateur Pinball Association's facility in Pittsburgh, PA. uh, And uh, they have a big tournament called Pinburg. It's a match play tournament. It's the largest in the world. And this year, it's going to be even larger. And there's a lot of machines there that are involved in this tournament that I've never played before in my life. And I'm a big pinball guy. So the great thing is uh, they've been putting together a archive of pinball videos, rule sheets, tutorials, you name it. And you can find it all at pinball.org. And what I'm going to talk about specifically is their video page, uh, pinball.org slash videos. Uh, so if you head over to that website, uh, they uh, most recent update was last week, February 15th. And as you can see, they have either uh, gameplay or tutorials, or you can see actual match play video, uh, Attack from Mars, Bad Cats. Now, uh, Lloyd, do you, have you ever played pinball before? Oh, yeah. I love pinball. I'm not as good as you, but I love pinball. Do you have a favorite game? Uh, I like uh, World Cup Soccer. All right, let's see if we have a World Cup Soccer here. So let's hit W for World Cup Soccer. Uh, yeah, they sure do. So what ha- So they have three uh, three different videos here. They have some from the Pinburg Division B Finals, which was a final machine, and also Papa 14 Qualifying. So if I click on the World Cup Soccer uh, Division P Finals, you can see there's a video, and this one was done a little bit older uh, in a better aspect ratio, and you play it. I mean, I'll turn down the audio here so we won't have to listen to it. Uh, but basically, uh, you can see players playing. You can see the gameplay of, of the table. It's really, really cool. And actually, this game is a is a tough machine, too. So, so you can actually learn the rule sets of all these different machines and uh, leave comments, and they'll reply back. But it's, but it's cool. It's an awesome thing. I believe I might have mentioned this before, but I always like to bring this up maybe at least once a year. Uh, just because of the fact that uh, you know pinball is one of those things that it's one of those hobbies that I enjoy immensely, and uh, coming up here, I want to say in about two to three weeks, uh, the format is going to be blown out because of the fact that I'm going to be inviting some uh, very important pinball players onto the show and uh, representatives of pinball to talk about the hobby as a hobby, as a sport, as a future. And uh, I have some calls and emails out to some people. Uh, hope to have a couple here in the studio and also one or two on Skype. So we'll see what happens. But it'll be a nonstop wall-to-wall, my, uh, I was going to say Minecraft show, pinball show. Uh, but yeah, pinball.org slash videos. But they also have rule sets and all these other things. Uh, it's a really awesome website if you're wanting to learn more about particular machines and get involved in the hobby. Pinball.org slash videos 
neat stuff there. All right, you guys. Uh, so uh, I want to remind everybody, uh, you know, one of the things that we're doing here at Geek Gamer Weekly is also trying to incorporate community feedback, questions, comments, suggestions. You know, if you have a particular computer issue that is really nagging at you and you want to put the work of experience and know-how of John Kessler, Joe Falby, myself, and that guest or guests that we have that week, uh, you can definitely email us. And we want your emails, questions, and comments. We're actually collecting a whole bunch of them. Uh, and you can email them to us at our new email address, weekly at geekgamer.tv. That's weekly at geekgamer.tv. Yes, John? Nothing. Oh, okay. You kind of lit, lit up there. I was just like, no. okay. Mm-hmm. But yes, yeah, so you can uh, do that. And uh, we would definitely would love it. You can do audio. You can send an audio question, a video question, whatever you'd like. Send it to weekly at geekgamer.tv. And also, as a reminder, you can get all of our shows, everything that we've done, uh, Minecraft Me, Geek Gamer Weekly, and also geek stuff, gaming stuff, app stuff, you name it, over at geekgamer.tv. Everything's there, including high-definition iTunes feeds for this show. So, yes, you can find it on iTunes, or better yet, you can head over to the website and watch it there. Everything is there at geekgamer.tv. Big thank you. I want to say a thanks to this gentleman right over here, Mr. Lloyd Hennison at vgpodcasts.com. And uh, what's what have you been doing over there, man? What, what, what do you got going on? Doing lots, doing lots. Thanks, thanks again for having me on the show. First, I, I love doing it. Oh, no problem. Always happy to come on whenever you invite me. It's always fun. Uh, we're doing lots of VG podcasts. We do, um, as I said before earlier, Touch of Gaming, which is our our weekly uh, iOS game review show. Uh, we talk about uh, all the latest uh, releases, all the latest news, and we we do uh, a number of reviews each episode. Um, I also do the bonus stage, which is our Friday night show. We do here live on VGPodcast.com every Friday night from ten to uh whenever uh p.m it's usually two to three hours it's a pretty long show and a little bit crazy that's good um but i do other stuff as well nintendo pulse and uh uh, full on indie which is our independent game uh developer uh show we talk with independent game developers and independent new media artists and talk about what they're doing and how it relates to gaming so um always a lot of stuff on the back burner as well got a, a lot of shows planned a lot of shows that are uh that are uh, recently dormant that might come back there's uh there's a lot to do um and uh we're busy but uh i don't know i love i love the hobby and and i love chatting so that uh, kind of plays well together it works and since you're way up there in canada you have a good internet connection as well thank god and you're able to come to us in high def and yeah yeah it works out 100 megabit is uh is pretty amazing i'm glad that i'm glad i have that well you beat you beat joe and i in that regard <laughs> i don't have files at least, at least this weekend <laughs> Last weekend I had gig. That's you, you did. Yeah, you had gig yeah. up and gig down, right, Joe? Yep, yep. Is that on one uh, thing or is it all uh, bonded? No, oh, it's that's one one Comcast wow. sponsored fiber connection. Wow, nice. it's fast too. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Imagine that, Mister. We were doing speed tests that were high enough. Speed tests wouldn't save the results because I thought we were faking it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Joe Falby, uh, you can follow him at Twitter if you want, at Falby, F-A-L-B-E-Y. The last tweet from Joe came in just a mere four days ago. Yeah, four days ago. Yeah. Yep. I think I tweeted a picture from the stage at PDX. Yeah, let's, let's take a look at that. And it's a panoramic a, picture. 
It's a panorama from, I was standing on the front of the stage and basically panned from almost one side all the way to the other. There you go. Very so. nice. Uh, there was Matt there, Jessica. Let's see who else can I uh, recognize. <laughs> Anybody else I recognize? Uh, let's see. A Raptor who plays in our Minecraft server yep, is yep. in there. Should be in there somewhere. Yeah. Um, although actually he probably is behind me because he's on staff. Okay. Um, uh, Notos. I don't know if you know who no you know who Notos I is. Yeah, yeah. Notos should be there. Yeah, Kyle. Uh, yeah, a whole bunch. Of, there's a whole bunch of people in there. Obviously, about five. Well, a little less than five hundred people should be in that photo. Very cool. And Job tweets once every two to three weeks, so um, that's yeah, why I have depends, a text. Depends. I yeah. have a text alert whenever Joe tweets because that's how rare it is. So, yeah. also <laughs> on the show, and uh, you know, we we just couldn't do a show without him. Well, we could, but it just wouldn't be the same, Mister John Kessler. And you can follow him on on Twitter if you want at VW Kenny, right, John? Lies. I mean, it's not Lies. really you, but it is you. Well, how do we know? It's a fake. Just because you say it's it's fake, how do we know? How do we know you're not lying to us? Tweet something to it right now. I mean, I'm 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 you or know right. right I mean, now. right now I'm uh, I'm gonna head to, I'm gonna head to the page. Let's let's take a look at the page here, <laughs> and here it is. Uh, J- uh, John Kessler at VW, the fake John Kessler of Geek Gamer yeah, Weekly. See right there, it's a lie. And you haven't tweeted since July 31st. Last time you put something of on. of 2011. <laughs> I just want to make sure that's clear. July thirty first of two thousand eleven. Yeah. Wait a second. What what year is it again? This is twenty thirteen. Yeah. <laughs> oh wow. At least that's, in that's the U.S. Cool. it's twenty thirteen. Uh, I know other parts of the world are a little behind that, but um... <laughs> man, John, John, you haven't been there for a long time, and this is old. I mean, this is old. You even have Geek Gamer Radio on here. Yeah. Somebody holy to smokes. That. Yeah, you should that probably is, update that, Chase. That is really. I think you should change. I think you should change what state he's from too to denial. <laughs> <laughs> uh yes, yes, yes. Hey, by the way, you guys, if you want, um, and you can if you wish, you can follow me on Twitter at Nunes N U N E S, and also the network on Twitter at Geek Gamer TV. We do this show every Sunday evening at six p.m. Pacific, nine in the East at live.geekgamer.tv. Uh, you can find this show on iTunes as well as if you have just a normal Android uh, podcatching you know, cl- uh, app that you may use. Uh, we have all those feeds and everything available at our website as well. And we also do a, a neat Minecraft show on Thursday evenings at 9 p.m. Pacific, 12 midnight east. And that's called Minecraft Me, where Joe and I talk about the latest in Minecraft. We show you guys some neat things and tricks, sometimes mods, texture packs, software tutorials it's an all-encompassing show it's a lot of fun and we hope you guys join us for those live shows as well and we have other things planned and cooked up down the road as well so really a lot of great stuff if you head over to geekgamer.tv a big thanks once again uh to Ustream, our primary streaming patna as well as everyone else who donates to the network honestly every penny that you guys put into the pot goes right back out there in the form of improved quality, hardware, and powder for John Kessler's head. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, for everybody here at Geek Gamer Weekly, thanks so much for watching. For Mr. Joe Falby, Lloyd Hennison, John Kessler, my name is Chase Nunes. Until we all talk again, we are all silent. Say goodnight, Gracie. Goodnight, Gracie.
Joe. For Christ's sake, man, say it. Oh, oh, uh, sorry, Robert Redford. <laughs>